The 2022 ACC Big Ten Challenge matchups were released last Friday, June 24th, and the Tar Heels are headed to Bloomington, where they got beat last time. But something really special happened after that. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, July 1st. How is it July 2022? Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we're free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so please go ahead and subscribe right now. And if you're watching, go ahead and smash that like button. So, as I said, the ACC Big Ten Challenge matchups are out. Uh, they were released last Friday. Also, I love, if you're unaware of this, you know how, like, if you're writing a note to, to multiple people, it's like, who do I write this to first so I don't offend the people later in the list? Uh, the title of this challenge alternates every year so that neither conference is offended. So, it's ACC Big Ten Challenge one year. It's Big Ten ACC Challenge the next pretty hilarious. Well, here's the big news. North Carolina at Indiana is the headliner for this challenge, and that is big time. Tar Heels headed up to Bloomington, one of the most uh, storied two programs in the entire country. Great place to go play up there in Bloomington, and that will be wonderful. Also, I love uh, that this is the headliner because uh, if you'll recall from the, the Jeff Goodman episode, if you watch that, if not, here's a link to it. Or maybe it's over there. I don't know where I put it. Um, Goodman talked about how um, Baycott had remembered all season some comments he made last year. Well, fast forward to last Friday. Um, Goodman tweets after the, the matchups come out, the ACC Big Ten headliner, Indiana, North Carolina in Bloomington. And that's awesome that, that Goodman and a lot of the people around the nation will think that this is, is the headliner of the challenge. But here's what I love. Armando Baycott quote tweets it and says, I thought you uh, Indiana and UNC fell off. Brilliant. I love it. Too stinking funny. Way to go, Armando Baycott. Well, um, I referenced in the cold open that Carolina uh, recently traveled to Indiana for the ACC Big Ten Challenge and lost. That game was uh, 76-67 Indiana. Um, the, the score sounds closer than that game actually was. The Tar Heels just never really looked ready to go. And uh, Justin Jackson led the Heels in scoring that game, 21 points. But here's what's interesting to me about that. Remember what season that was? I'll give you five seconds to guess. It was... I didn't give you five seconds. There's five seconds. It was 2016-17. And something very special ended up happening that year. As you well know, the Tar Heels won the national championship. Now, I'm not going to say it's because of this loss, but a loss of this magnitude in a hostile environment definitely helped the Tar Heels um, solidify themselves that season and prepare to march on towards that national championship. And so um, 
there, there were also some other things surrounding that game. Indiana had just done a lot of things to really stack the deck in their favor. And so that's cool. That's great. It was a great environment. In uh, Assembly Hall, there is um, like everything, just the seats are like right over the court, even to the upper levels. And so crazy there. Um, but again, uh, I do firmly believe that that loss helped propel Carolina to the national championship ultimately. <clears throat> and... Um, this will be another great test for another potential national championship contender. And so hopefully the Tar Heels can go in and do that. Now, speaking of Armando Baycott, that's a big part of why I'm excited for this game. Armando Baycott versus Trace Jackson Davis. Jackson Davis, like Baycott, has been around school for a while. Why? Because he is another more traditional big who doesn't uh, really step out to shoot at all, and so uh, was in that same field of 68 list of the top 25 returning players, really high up on it. And uh, these two guys talk back and forth a lot on social media, and so should be a really fun matchup. Would love to see Baycott uh, get the better of Trace Jackson Davis in that game. So we'll have to wait and tune in for that because since it is the headliner game, it is on the last day of the event. So let me go ahead and give you the other matchups from around the ACC and Big Ten. Uh, the way they always do it is there are two games that kick off the challenge on Tuesday, which will be Tuesday, November 28th. And so those games are Minnesota at Virginia Tech and Pitt at Northwestern. You would imagine Virginia Tech should be able to hold serve in that one. On Wednesday, then the slate begins to open up. We've got Syracuse at Illinois. Penn State at Clemson, Virginia at Michigan. That is, I'm excited for that game. Two contrasting styles. You got Tony Bennett's like slog versus Juwan Howard's um, more exciting game style, very similar to what the Tar Heels uh, will do. Also, they bring back another traditional big who decided to come to school in Hunter Dickinson, and so should be a lot of fun there. Uh, Georgia Tech at Iowa, Wake Forest at Wisconsin, and Maryland at Louisville. And then on Thursday, obviously, we've got the Tar Heels at Indiana, but in addition to that, we've got Rutgers at Miami, Boston College at Nebraska, Ohio State at Duke. Wow, what do you know? Duke gets to play at home in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Hmm, there you go. Uh, Ohio State loses EJ Liddell. Be curious to see how they are uh, uh, this coming season. And uh, Michigan State at Notre Dame. And then outside of North Carolina, the game I'm most excited about uh, outside of the Carolina game on Thursday is Purdue at Florida State. Purdue gets Zach Eady back, a legit seven foot four dude. And you know, uh, Florida State and Coach Leonard Hamilton's stable of huge uh, human beings that he always brings. And so, should be a really interesting matchup there uh, between the Boilermakers and the Seminoles. <clears throat> also, you might be aware the Big Ten is a conference of 14 teams. ACC has 15 teams. During football, there's 14, but Notre Dame adds in during basketball. And so that means, because of that, that there's one ACC team that always gets left out of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And in this case, the team you didn't hear me say, and this will be fun for Tar Heels fans everywhere, NC State. Yes, they are not playing in the ACC Big Ten Challenge this year, so you won't see them. In terms of the history of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, you might remember for uh, the first decade 
of this event, the ACC dominated it. The, the event started in 1999, and legitimately, the ACC won the first 10 of these, all the way up through 2008. But since then, the Big Ten has won eight, ACC has just won two, and there have been three ties. Now that there are 14 schools, obviously it can end in a tie. Um, and including, Big Ten has won the last three. So, ACC has some work to do. It's time to get back on the horse, obviously. The Big Ten has just been a really deep conference lately, and so that, that makes it difficult for the, the, those bottom-tier ACC schools to win, championship, uh, to win these games. And, uh, you know, ultimately, who cares, right? At the end of the day, it's just... Um, something contrived for ESPN to make money, but it is fun and it's, it's interesting to speculate always about what will happen. Really, really excited for the Tar Heels to go to Indiana. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost this game, but what a huge thing it could be for them to go in there and win and come back to Chapel Hill with a great road win in their pocket. The NBA draft was just a week ago, but already, as you would imagine, there are way too early 2023 NBA mock drafts out. Are there any Tar Heels on it? Is Trace Jackson Davis on it? I'm going to talk about it in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including all the Major League Baseball action going on. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. And Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so uh, ESPN has come out already with their way too early 2023 draft. This is the thing that people do, you know, as soon as the National Championship basketball game is over. The the way too early top 25 for the next year comes out. Same with the football national championship. And so this is part of the cycle that we are now just accustomed to. And so ESPN has put out their uh, 2023 mock. It's a full two-round mock draft. And let's see, where can we find some Tar Heels? Caleb Love clocks in at 42. That's the second round. And precisely zero other Tar Heels are on this list. Similar to what happened this year, there is one pick that's forfeited, so there will be 59 instead of 48. It's the, the Chicago Bulls forfeiting a pick, and so um, we won't have a full two rounds, but even still, um, there's only one Tar Heel on ESPN's mock draft. Interesting. NBADraft.net, they've got their 2023 NBA mock draft out. Obviously, there are wildly differing opinions this uh, a year out, but on theirs, they also have Caleb Love, 20 spots higher at 22, so going in the first round. And Baycott, Armando Baycott, is actually in this one at 33. But then that's it. I And that makes sense to me. I don't expect to see R.J. Davis. I don't expect... Um, to see any of the other Tar Heels, the, the freshmen, you know, maybe Seth Trimble just blows up, but I don't see him getting enough um, playing time to really do that this season. Um, as Pat Kilby said last week, he could see him doing so after his sophomore year, but just not this year. Uh, 
would love to see Leakey be drafted, but I don't. I, I think he will be somebody that will have to play his way in as an undrafted free agent. And um, who knows? With Pete Nance, maybe he comes in and does some big things. Um, but th- this ultimately makes sense to me that it would just be Caleb Love and Armando Baycott. But it is surprising to me that Baycott is left off the ESPN list. And it makes me wonder something else, and we'll talk about that coming soon. Now, here's what's very interesting to me about this mock draft. ESPN's top five on the list is infiltrated by non-college players. Let me read them off to you. Uh, At the top of their list is Victor Wembanyama. I love his name. So cool. He's a guy that plays in a French league. Next, number two in ESPN's mock is Scoot Henderson, who's going to be playing for G League Ignite. Third on this list is the one college player in ESPN's top five, which is Nick Smith, who plays for Arkansas. And then in fourth is Asor Thompson, who's going to play for Overtime Elite. Uh, That's a group that really... You see every now and again, but it's ultimately been second tier to the G League Ignite. And then fifth on ESPN's list is Amen Thompson, also playing for the Overtime Elite, <clears throat> also with the last name Thompson. Why? Well, these two guys are twins. And so this is what's really interesting to me. So often we see uh, a lot of the top players being, yes, freshmen, but but college freshmen, uh, not from overtime elite or G league or overseas. Uh, I mean, you take the top three of this year's draft was uh, a player from Duke, a player from Gonzaga, a player from Auburn. We had Purdue with Jaden Ivey right at the top of the list. We had Keegan Murray from Iowa right at the top of the list. Um, but that's not happening in this. And, and in fact, um, on NBA draft.net's top five, they do have more college players in it, but the top two are Henderson, Scoot Henderson, and Victor Wembanyama. And so, and and then it's um, Cam Whitmore, who's from Villanova, who is sixth on the ESPN list. Derek Whitehead, who's going to be a stud for Duke this year, who is ninth on the ESPN list, and then Nick Smith from Arkansas. On the NBA Draft.net list, the Thompson twins are down at tenth and seventeenth. And so, what's really interesting to me then about this is a lot of the highest level players coming back to college are guys like Baycott, like like Trace Jackson Davis, who aren't necessarily seen as high draft picks as some of these other guys. And so um, you just wonder if what's going to happen with some of that? Will will some of the freshmen incoming into college rise to the top as often happens? But truth be told, a lot of the players in the top 10 or so of these mock drafts, it, it plays out that same way in the next summer when the draft actually happens. And so it's just a, a very interesting difference to see so many non college players at the top of this list. Hopefully, we will see that change over the course of the season uh, with, again, NIL plays so much a role in this to me as as uh, not just these true um, classical centers stay in the game, but there are a lot of other really talented players who came back to college as well to be these upperclassmen 
who can play well and play themselves maybe into this top five. And I'd love to see that. Why? I just love college basketball. I love the the spotlight of it, and I love how it can highlight uh, these young men. And so really, really want to see that happen. And we'll just have to let the season play out. Now, here's what's interesting is this uh, these mock drafts are Duke-heavy, as you would expect, with them bringing in a lot of high-talented freshmen. Uh, um, Derek Whitehead, who we mentioned, is um, ninth on one of these lists and fourth on, on the NBA draft net list. Derek Lively from Duke is eighth on the ESPN list and 15th on the NBA draft.net list. And then Kyle Filipowski from Duke is 15th on the Duke list. For Arkansas, they've got um, Kyle Smith, or excuse me, uh, Nick Smith um, on both lists, Anthony Black, uh, 12th and 9th, and then Jordan Walsh, 21st on, on the ESPN list. And so it really super interesting that this, these lists are Arkansas heavy, and that's why so many people have Arkansas at or near uh, the top of their preseason top 25 lists. So really going to have to see how that plays out, but um, Armando Baycott not being ranked on the ESPN list has got me wondering something about what he might do after next season. We'll talk about that in just a second. Let me tell you first about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's nearly impossible for your local auto parts store to stock everything you need. Why have to go through all those questions you know you don't know the answers to when you could search on rockauto.com to find the parts for yourself? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. That consistency is something you can believe in. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and their inventory has everything that you need. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your vehicle will ever need. That's rockauto.com. So, with all these traditional centers returning to college and not showing up much on these NBA mock drafts, including Armando Baycott not being anywhere in the top 59 of ESPN's 23 mock draft. It makes me wonder. You think about the fortunes of some of these other big men whom have gone to the draft. Kofi Coburn, phenomenal stud big man from Illinois. Left, could have come back to Illinois this season, went undrafted last week in the 22 draft. You think, we, we've talked recently about Vernon Carey from Duke a couple years ago, who was probably top three dominant players in college that year, was drafted in the second round because he can't step out and hit a three and he can't guard in space. You've got Luca Garza, who was the national player of the year in uh, last two seasons ago now, Went 52nd overall in the draft because same issues. Armando Baycott has been working on his three-point shot, has been working and doing better guarding in space with his lateral movement, but can he at a higher level switch on screens? Can he at a more consistent and high level hit from outside or from the free throw line? He's going to have to prove that this season. But if he doesn't, 
Think about all the money this man is making in college this year through NIL deals and other things going on. Could you foresee a world in which, I mean, you know how much Armando Baycott loves this college experience. He's got a year of COVID eligibility he could use. Do you see a world in which Armando Baycott maybe comes back to North Carolina for a fifth year? It would be unprecedented, but everything in the COVID era, COVID era has been unprecedented. There's, there's nothing that says he wouldn't at least be interested in that. Yes, we know his aspirations are to make it to the NBA ultimately. But if he continues to not show up in these mock drafts, yeah, he could go uh, play in the G League, make some money. He could go overseas somewhere and make some money. He could stay at Carolina, keep making a crud ton in NIL deals and endorsements, and set himself up for life from these last two years of school. Not to mention, think about how he would rewrite so many of the Carolina record books. Now, there would be some asterisks beside some of those stats because of five years of eligibility, but... Uh, it is what it is. I think some of it would be dependent upon how this upcoming season plays out for the Tar Heels. If they win a national championship, I think he's gone, right? Absolutely. But if, if North Carolina isn't quite able, once again, to do what they're hoping to do, I could absolutely foresee a world in which he came back. Think about that. You'd still probably have RJ Davis. He's not going to get drafted next year. You're still going to have Seth Trimble. You're going to have a sophomore Jalen Washington. You're going to have a sophomore Tyler Nickel. You're bringing in Gigi Jackson. You're bringing in Wilcher. Like, I, <clears throat> I'm not saying this is going to happen or that it's even likely to happen. But what a world that would be to have a fifth-year Armando Baycott. What would it be for... I know there would be naysayers who would be like uh, Duke fans who would say, Oh, Armando Baycott can't make it to the league. blah de blah blah So what, man? Recruits are going to see what he's doing the way he, he continues to recruit and bring people to school. That's a huge, huge win for the Tar Heels. I fully believe that. So... Armando Baycott, five years in college, wouldn't be the craziest thing that I've ever seen happen. Huh, that's a fun note to end this week of Locked on Tar Heels with. As always, it has been a great week. Next week, we are back to a full five shows. I'll, I'll be back from my vacation when you are watching this. And so uh, really looking forward to get back into it with you. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. For those of you watching on YouTube, it's as simple as clicking that button right there. And while you're doing that, go ahead and smash the like button. That's supremely helpful. I know it sounds silly, but it doesn't cost you anything and it's so helpful for us and the show. Would also love to hear your thoughts about the ACC Big Ten Challenge, how you think the Tar Heels would do. You think Armando Baycott might come back for a fifth year? Let me know your thoughts. Would love to hear it. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. 
Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of the Locked On ACC schools take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Again, make Locked On ACC your second listen today. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your week hanging out with me, talking Carolina sports, talking Seth Trimble. Great stuff. I hope that you have a phenomenal weekend. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Until Monday, peace.